a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Argoni, and joining me, as always, the force vision of a very popular character to my guy strapped to a medical table, it's John Campbell. Hello, everyone. Oh, man, we are still deep in an arc that uh, I'm going to go ahead and say never ends based on what I've read here. This (laughs) storyline will never end. John We've got a flashback, we've got a flash sideways, we've got uh, converging storylines, and yes, the story arc we are currently on, finding ourselves on the wheel, continues here in issue number 21 of Marvel Comics Group Presents The Star Wars from 1977. Well, specifically this issue came out in 1979, but needless to say, yes, we are on... We are moving ever closer to Empire Strikes Back. And this book shows no evidence of that. That's not true. And I actually, that's something I want to talk about in this issue a little bit. Because this issue came out March 21st of 1979. Uh, Just to run down our creative team a little bit. We still got... Basically the same creative team as last time with a few minor modifications. Got Archie Goodwin as our writer slash editor. Got Carmine Infantino on pencils. Gene Day on inks. George Russos on colors. And John Costanza on letters with a uh, ominous gym shooter like the Emperor hanging out in the background as editor-in-chief Imagine over at Marvel. Imagine shooter like coming up over a wall like, yes. <laughs> I, he wouldn't have to. He's so tall. Have you seen <laughs> pictures of Jim Shooter? Of course I've seen pictures. He's gigantic and and he always has that high and tight, like, military haircut, too, if you see him mm-hmm. now. Really. So he, he's got another couple inches on the hair. Yeah. yeah. I am I, convinced that the original, like, character sketch of Cannonball from the New Mutants is just Jim Shooter. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jim Shooter creeping around the edges of this going, uh, what's going on in that space book, huh? Well, I don't. I think he just wants the space book to keep coming out based on the numbers uh, this book did. Yes, he at this time too. I think it's it's very that that right when he's doing this is where Shooter's big thing is getting involved in the toy company. So he is talk. We're already beginning to talk about things like GI Joe and Transformers heading into the eighties. That become oh, yeah. big for him, and I think Rom the Space Knight would have been huge at this point. Mm, look, we can talk about diorates all day, uh, but <laughs> no, we're here to talk about Star Wars, the other space oh, book. Yeah. Right, um, right, right. But specifically, let's get into this cover because it brings up what I want to talk about in terms of Empire Strikes Back is coming. And that's guess who's back? Da-na-na, back again. Uh, kind of. Shadow of a Dark Lord. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. And he has got some real Scooby-Doo villain energy on the front of this going, you meddling children! (laughs) (laughs) Darth Vader is back in a way. I mean, we get to see him in the present as well as in force vision mode in this book. Very briefly, we get to see him actually in the book. Yes, for real. But that being said, we have to remember the context that has been so important to this book. And that is that up till now and up till like the near future beyond this book, there has only been one Star Wars. We have but a Star Wars to play with. And lest we forget at the end of that movie, what happens to Darth Vader? Well, he gets spun out into space as last we left him. Exactly. Very much in like a serial villain, like spinning off... Until unknown Skywalker, right? Like sort kind of, of a thing, yeah. yeah. We know he's not so, dead. You know, it's it, nothing about that red is a death, but it's like he is defeated for now. Right. That being said, we know we're getting another Star Wars movie, but whether or not Darth Vader is actually going to return in that movie isn't a guarantee necessarily until we start seeing promotional stuff about empires and how they will strike back. And that wouldn't have been at this time yet, because this was pre the time when like a movie has like three years of hype on it. 
Sure, 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 sure. But we still have, like, fan magazines floating around out there. Like, obviously, yeah, message boards don't exist yet, but there are ways of fans learning information in advance of a movie released. Well, and it's it's, it's very interesting because at this time, they're probably... They're probably not yet shooting Empire, but about to start shooting Empire when this is being written. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm sure. I'm sure there was at least enough foreknowledge to know the people making this that he was coming back. Vader. I don't know. It's it's March of '79 uh, at this point. Empire Strikes Back comes out in 1980. What month does it come out in? May, um, May or June? May. Yeah, May 6th, 1980. Yeah. Um, Movie. as was the premiere and then the wide release was may 21st yeah um, so i don't know i they're probably already in production at this point yeah because especially this time they had to have a lot of time to do the effects yeah so i have a feeling that we already know vader is going to be a big deal i think like the first like tidbits about how Badass Boba Fett's gonna be like well, that. Of course, has already made his appearance in the Christmas special at this point, right? Um, so we already so, know you're ready for Boba Fett, everybody. He's gonna be a <laughs> huge, new, important character. So, principal photography began March fifth, nineteen seventy nine. So, honestly, like they have filming started, has just yeah. begun, but they probably have a locked in script for the most part at this point, right? And we know that Marvel is in communication with some kind of uh, editorial script team over at Lucasfilm. That's how they got the like shooting scripts of the uh, New Hope so that they could coincide the release with that. So, right. Marvel probably has some idea of what's coming down the pipeline. Right. At least to like some modicum. Vague, vague extent, yeah. At the very least, I know that uh, Archie Goodwin had to, like, pass scripts by somebody at Lucasfilm. Maybe not George Lucas himself, but, like, things needed to be approved by Lucasfilm as they were being released. At least to a certain extent here right. in these early days. Later, they would kind of stop giving a shit about what Marvel was doing. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, at this point. But it, it is interesting that they still, this is all the lead us to say, of course, they're still just tiptoeing. They don't want to commit to anything too hard, right? So it's like, oh, a little taste of Vader, but we can only do so much with him. And same thing with Luke, who's been unconscious for the vast majority of this run. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, but for this issue, what I'm getting at is we know Darth Vader's going to be back in the sequel. Time to start teasing a character who is unbelievably popular, and we can put him on the cover of this book here in this I'll get you gadget kind of uh, pose. <laughs> it's a re yes, it's a real cartoon villain. Ooh, those Star Warriors. <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh, right away, we are back in the middle of... Uh, the wheel, this big artificial satellite object that is yeah. a, all casinos all the time. We still don't oh. exactly know how this place functions. The Vegas of space, baby. And we cut to the uh, sharp, sharp proportioned features of Princess Leia as she's making her escape. Oh, Carmen Infantino, again, just making the most angular of people. My God, absolutely. The harsh looking woman. And look at the look at all of a sudden like this side view of her face. Look at how long her face is. There's a like a weird Dutch angle here on top of her, like craning her neck like a stork. There's a lot going on here. Really weird. And the most 70s looking space guard. Look at that guy with his little glasses <laughs> and his helmet. <laughs> He looks like one of Dr. No's henchmen from the first James Bond he movie. He really does have that, but he's a very mod henchman, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and folks, uh, this, this comic welcomes you to the middle of an escape. Yes, welcome to the middle of the escape. This starts a trend in this issue and continuing forward. Again, I've read a little bit ahead. The captions get... <laughs> that the captions get a little bit more personal with the reader. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't like. <laughs> it's very, because it, it adds this. And I, and I understand that, you know, people are going like, well, this is an old comic, but it, but it's like even old for this time, it starts this very like, uh, 
come one, come all to the greatest adventure I've ever known. Like it, it adds a hokiness. It's a carnival Barker vibe to it. Yeah. Of just it's, like, astound, see, as this princess makes well, her daring escape. I'll tell you what it is, 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 is it's very much what the 60s Batman show was parodying with their narrator, right? With the, what's this? Gotham City's great, you know. It's yeah, that exactly. That is, that is, at this point, already pastiche. Super Friends vibe is what yeah. you're getting from this. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. And there's one of the, there's a real weird meanwhile in this later. That is <laughs> oh, yeah. very Thomas levels of strange. <laughs> uh, this panel also starts one of my favorite continuing gags in this book, and that is the presence of arrows letting you know which way the action is going to go. Yes, yes this is it's not so weird. Like so much, but uh, I, I recently have been reading a lot of the old Spider-Man comics, sort of uh, across mm. the Spider-Verse, uh, led me to go, let me go back to the beginning. And I've had the omnibus of the original chunk of the stan lee run for a while so i've been and there's a lot of that where it's like there's a lot of like don't worry folks it's gonna go this way to that way like there's a lot of holding your hand it's interesting Mm -hmm. but it's not something we've seen in this comic up to this point which i find fascinating no no it's not uh so anyway yes leia is mounting her escape uh and what happened to the all of a sudden there's a uh like tv static on this guy's helmet yeah, I'm not sure what's happening there. I think it might be a coloring issue for the digital version we're leaving, reading on Marvel Unlimited. Because uh, I think it's meant to read as like a gunmetal on this next page here is what you're talking about. Yeah, cause, and it's inconsistent panel to panel. Like sometimes yeah. it's really staticky, sometimes it's a little staticky, and sometimes it's clear. And this page is another fine example of just questioning how much time takes place between dialogue in any given comic book panel. Um, My favorite is the last panel here when Leia has basically a monologue while she's shooting somebody. She's fedacking the hell out of him. And they make a point of of saying it's, it's a stun setting, but that's definitely a kill shot based on what we've seen in Star Wars blasters. And that's something they did already know because the first that's in the first movie, the stun setting are the little purple circles. It's true. Uh, But we're catching up with Leia here while she's trying to escape. Lest we forget, she is trying to get away from Senator slash Executive slash Administrator Grayshade, who runs the wheel. This big space station on the edges of Imperial space that makes a shitload of money because it's gambling houses all the way down. And... Right now, the Empire is trying to, like, muscle their way in. We'll get a more thorough recap of this on the next page as Leia is making her proper escape. But the gist of it is that the Empire is trying to set up the rebels as the people who are interrupting trade and commerce here on the wheel so that the Empire can sweep in in order to, quote-unquote, protect the wheel. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Because, man, and then we get some real previously on. Yeah, because after Leia absolutely kills this dude um and after establishing that like there's very few guards roaming around right now we're led to believe like oh why did senator Grayshade slash administrator Grayshade call away all the guards and just leave this one guy to get murked by leia i know find out oh well yeah i mean look at this we'll we'll find out through all of this first it's like yes of course i'm remembering what led us here right whether or not Grayshade is up to what i think he is which is an odd thing to have. Like, it implies here that Leia has some idea what's going on. Later in the issue, it'll definitely confirm Leia has no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's... Boy. <laughs> but yes, it's, this is really just the recap page. Again, with the arrows making sure we know which way Leia's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, right? Down, uh, yeah, yeah. But it is just like, oh, the Empire's been up to all kinds of bullshit. And that goes on for two whole pages. Yeah, I do think the art here, I know it's like weirdly uh, structured, Leia's face, but I do think it's striking, especially that third panel where she's in shadow kind of uh, thinking to herself about what's all happening here. It is some striking art. Goodwin is objectively like one of the comics greats, okay? We make fun of a lot of his angular... Infantino? I'm sorry, Infantino. Yes. Uh, Goodwin, also a comics legend, but as a writer uh, and editor. Uh, but uh, Infantino's art is uh, very good. Uh, we make a lot of fun of it for being very angular. But, like, the, the man was a decades-long legend in comics. I'm not, you know. Right. He still had to put an interesting image together. 
and we kind of have to separate the what we know as Star Wars iconography from right. the objectively this is pretty striking and uh, detailed and cool looking art in its own right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, she's just figuring out, I got to figure out what this guy's up to. Yeah, we get our recap on this next page. We basically get a recap of what the military industrial complex is. Like, it turns uh, out if the Empire gets more money, it will have more ability to kill people. Who knew? <laughs> I never would have guessed. Uh. <laughs> yeah, this these couple of pages also start this trend in this issue... Uh, where they have the strangest dialogue breaks between panels. Go back to the last page, and we have it inside Leia's head. Uh, again, the one thing you can really control in a comic book is the pacing at which people read things and how their eyes move along the dialogue for, to the next panel. So when right. you have a sentence go on one panel, meantime, I can listen in on the guard's communicator dot 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 next panel for any more recent developments it's very strange stilted i will structure. say that that that's part of and i i don't i don't know i don't know if this was in goodwin script or if this is just a lettering decision um the bolding of words is a very specific thing in a comic book like when you choose mm -hmm. to bold a word they are bolding all the time in this and I don't know how that's making me because normally it's sort of like for emphasis or something like that. It's imagining it's trying to put a pattern to how a person is talking. It's like, oh, they're mm -hmm. emphasizing this word. But in this, I, I was just reading through this and it's things like, uh, but the scheme here must be discredited if we're quick enough. Those pirated wheel profits are the proof I need. And they're bound to be with the sector's imperial commander who followed us here. I don't know how to get that loot off his cruiser. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like Jesus Christ. It, if you bold that much, it loses all impact. It makes me feel like there's like an uneven pattern to it. Uh, the example I'm looking at, and again, like how it separates between pages on this last page we have. All to turn sentiment against our cause, and to set the stage for total public acceptance of a complete imperial takeover of the wheel. It's fast, continuous flow of profits, profits, yeah, that will strengthen the emperor's war machine and make him even less accountable for governments. It's, it's really, yeah, that's like, I, I don't know if this must be not a, I don't think this is a new thing, but I would just say, this really struck me reading this last night and was driving me insane. I'm going... <laughs> What? what are you indicating? I don't know. You so uh, you see it in comics today, used much more sparingly and for very specific purposes. But back then, it, it, I guess you were just doing it for everything. I don't know. It's just like anything is like bold, 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 bold. Well, and this comes straight down to the letter, right? Like I don't know what John Costanzo necessarily was doing yeah, I don't know. that certain words needed to be bolded. Because I don't know if this is a writer's decision or if it's the I don't know. I, I mean, it goes back and forth in comics even today. Like, sometimes you write in a script that something needs to be bolded, and other times, you know, it, it may be a, mm -hmm. a writer decision. Um, and, and as we've talked about, this book, while being hugely successful for Marvel, I think was kind of also being because it was probably so successful they're like we just need to get this out we don't have a lot of time to labor over this because this thing's a big seller we can't be late on it right exactly um so yeah we finish our recap with leia being like i don't know what's going on but me going through this place with a blaster in hand is going to solve at least one problem oh hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i i do like the initiative they're giving leia right like uh, it, it oh, is yeah. a fitting of her character um, but uh, it's it's way over said. And then, uh, hey everybody, look out! Let's go to the next page, and we've got some beefcake. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Luke has been stripped down to his skivvies. Uh, <laughs> but so we're having a flashback, but also a flash sideways, because as the captions say. But as the once senator, now destroyed planet of Alderaan, rushes forward, we're going to pause and look back, back in time. Back several hours as we measure it. Oh my god! So again, this like familial pattern with the reader, not necessarily the comic book itself. Yeah, and none of this is necessary at all to understanding what's happening. <laughs> no, like I see all 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 it gets back several hours as we measure. Like, does it really matter that this happened right before where we just were? Also, what in Star Wars has ever established that they measure 
the smaller increments of time in a different fashion than us. That's true. That's true. And it's doing this push in on Luke's hair, uh, uh, on Luke's face. But I want to talk about his hair because his hair changes length constantly throughout this issue. Oh yeah. Like it goes from like kind of shoulder length to just under the chin to like full blown super mullet a couple of times. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh it's really uh very uh uh insane cuz uh, and sometimes it's the most flowing like uh uh old school like a uh, pulp barbarian comic kind of look. Yeah, absolutely. It it goes back and forth between that and the page boy look we've seen attempted to be replicated a few times. We call that the Prince Valiant. Uh, the Prince Valiant, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah. But then it's full on. Uh, that yeah. Just just look at this. We've got this is very like seventies hippie hair when he's on the table. Then it goes to full on mullet at the on the last panel here where he's. <laughs> wait, I, I also love the. Uh, this is so overwritten. All this stuff, right? Uh, Luke Skywalker's body lies motionless, but still in the same trance-like state it fell into aboard the Millennium Falcon while practicing his meditation on the Force. Something happened, and by the way, note to where that was on a previous issue. Yes, his body does not move, but in his mind, Luke Skywalker is running. Running amid the stars! Easy, though, because what the hell is up with his legs here? (laughs) I would call this more flailing than running. But, like, look at the... Okay, so that's his left leg closest to us, right? Or that's his right leg, but it looks like his left foot. Like, what's happening there? Yeah, it's it's. And then look at his his the his what would be his left leg that's behind him, and look at how weirdly turned. It's like he snapped his knee or something. Look at that <laughs> that awkward angle. What is he doing? I understand. It's another one of those things where, it's like, I understand he's trying to convey motion, right, and trying to convey mm-hmm. like I'm run. But holy shit, (laughs) it's so weird. And look, just ask Rob Liefeld. We all know feet are hard. Feet Um, are very hard. (laughs) People don't call him out because the man (laughs) puts a lot of fog around and never draws feet. Take a look at that. (laughs) I know. But (laughs) this piece really does look to me, and maybe this is a coloring and inking issue, like somebody forgot which leg was left and which leg was right halfway through like arting and inking this. And just kept going. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, nah, whatever. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, yes, Luke is running amidst the stars. Let's go to the next page. And, <laughs> uh oh, it's. He can still ben- feel it. Something coming after him. It's old Ben Kenobi and his famous wooden staff. The fact that in this middle panel, even though most of it's covered by dialogue bubbles, Kenobi is presented as Gandalf made me laugh so hard. You (laughs) shall not pass. (laughs) So yeah, Luke is running from something in this star field in his brain. Obi-Wan shows up as a literal wizard and says, you don't, I'm with you, Luke, as is the force, but you cannot run away. You must fight. Too strong, Ben. The moment I felt it, I knew maybe I'm just a, Coward! Everyone, uh, and it's all just. And then, uh, not only does Darth Vader show up, but his hair grows a good four inches. Darth Vader shows up, and then yes, Luke's hair suddenly becomes a super mullet as it's just like mane of hair down the middle of his back appears. But then next panel, back to what it was. Yep, back to like shoulder length. And he tries. Yeah, wildly yeah, changes. Darth Vader shows up, is like, oh. Once again, the pose on Vader's like, oh, I I didn't know you'd be here. Uh, he's like stopped mid like, oh, oh. He's like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, this, I, oh, hello. Uh, if I'd known you were going to be here, I wouldn't have come. I, you're looking good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been a long time. Uh, uh, so, uh, been up to anything since you destroyed the Death Star? Hmm? Uh, so Luke starts shooting him apparently to no effect we only know that because of the dialogue you gotta love that. yeah we don't actually see the blaster not connecting with Vader or something it's yeah it's a lot of tell don't show and what you want to see Luke Skywalker doing just make on the when we go to the next page him just sort of like lunging forward to grab the arm Vader's holding the lightsaber in That's and not- again his hair has magically grown like six inches mm-hmm. and this is I mean you know what's really interesting about this 
talking about empires coming out empire will do the scene a billion times better in the movie the oh, cave. you mean the cave on Dagobah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. Like the, the but like the beats are very similar here. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's it's Luke confronting something he's afraid of. Obviously, yeah. there's the added metaphor of the Luke, I am your father thing that will be rolled into the cave scene as well. Right, the cave scene when he strikes, of course. I, I, as if if you're listening to this, you've seen it a billion times, I'm sure. But yes, cutting <laughs> Vader's head off and the helmet's his own face, and it's great. It's right. great. It's a great iconic movie moment. Here's a very Whereas, shit of it. <laughs> I, I mean, but it is that first little building block of what they know is coming. In that, okay, Luke has to turn around and face his fear to even face Vader to begin with. Now, I don't know if you've ever read or, or heard anything about the what the first draft of Star Wars two when Vader wasn't his father. Uh, mm. which is very fascinating. I, I, I recommend people check that out or hear people talk about it because it's very strange to think about like what would Vader have been had he not been his father. And I think this comic is kind of indicating that where it's like he's sort of just this like specter of doom then, right? Yeah. I mean, he's the emperor's right hand. He's just yeah. like a big, bad, nasty guy. It's just, it's it's so fascinating to think about. There was a time when, and I don't, sorry, uh, George Lucas, I'm sorry, you clearly did not know that because I've seen those drafts. Of when I don't think he knew that while he was shooting Empire. Yeah, it's it's, deba- it's debatable when exactly. And the Leia thing, he didn't know at all. There's a lot mm-hmm. of evidence that Luke's sister was going to be a whole other character that they were going to meet. Yeah, anyway, there's all that stuff. It's Originally fat- called Kira, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because that was where he had a, he had more movies planned. And then Empire and Jedi took so much out of me. Because, you know what, I'm just going to call it that Jedi. Mm. But originally it was going to continue on after that. And they would have met more characters. And, yeah. Because when sure. you make one movie, you go, I'm going to make eight of these things. And you go, this is really hard. I'm just going to make three. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of epic struggles. And as an epic struggle beginning in the mind of the Tatooine farm lad turned star warrior. His shock-stilled body suddenly trembles and begins its own fight. They are never going to stop trying to make Star Warrior happen. <laughs> no. Look, they have the Star Warriors, John. That's what it's going to say on the toys and the trading cards and the lunchboxes. I, I'm not, I, I would be surprised. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't uh, try to just uh, start calling the book Star Warriors. The Star uh, Warriors. From the hit film well, Star Wars come the adventures of the Star Warriors. If we'd lived in a time where spin-off books were more of a thing like they are today, I feel like we absolutely would have a book called The Star Wars and Jackson yeah. would be the star. <laughs> he would be the leader of the Jackson and the Star Warrior. Absolutely. And Han's brother, Steve, would be there. Steve. Hey there, everybody. It's me, Steve Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Not Steve. Tell me you didn't recruit Steve. Uh, (laughs) what Han he's just as cool as you he is not (laughs) clearly he's different than me he has it would just be Harrison Ford but with a mustache yeah exactly uh so we have Luke busting out of his restraints in this hospital seemingly on automatic yeah full-on hulks out of this thing with a crack and a snap yeah uh and and they did Mark Hamill a lot of favors. Dude was fit. He was never this jacked in his life. Oh, yeah. We see him getting up out of this bed, just rippling with muscles. Again, hair changing length, every panel I mean, on this next page. A couple of these where he's at full-on He-Man levels, right? Like, especially with the long, long hair. Uh, yeah. Here, here, and, 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 yeah, also, where did he summon the strength? Because there's a lot. Not only does he bust out of this, but we go to the next page here, and he's snapping open lockers and spranking all over the place. Uh, Eyes still glazed by drugs, mind still raging with its inner its own inner combat. Uh, Luke moves instinctively, seizing a broken equipment strut and using it to attack a wall locker containing his personal belongings. So seemingly in a fugue state, he is uh, wrenching open a locker, tearing it off the wall, and getting dressed in a fugue state. I love the idea of rage dressing. <laughs> uh, button up! Uh, put these dress on. <laughs> Because oh, tie these boots. Uh, in theory, he doesn't like come out of this like mental haze until yeah. we get to the next page when we see him surrounded by bodies. 
Well, cause so he's running out here with uh, his yellow lightsaber. That'll change in this issue. In the next page. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he will come back with a zamp at the, his mind version of Darth Vader. Yeah. And of course, as if you didn't, this couldn't be clear. You actually have Obi-Wan going, no, Luke, it's not Darth you've conquered. Merely a shadow of him. A shadow that is your own fear. Great. We got to explain Great. how yeah. brain stuff works. Don't you remember an empire after Luke is out of the cave and Yoda goes, you fought your own fear in there. <laughs> Real it was not. In your yeah. brain it was. Yeah. Mine's sort of a metaphor for your own emotional trope. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Allegory this film is. <laughs> yeah, we go to the next page. And yes, Leia rolls up on Luke who is laid waste to who knows how many. At least four that we see in this page. But dead can, bodies around Luke's feet. I'm, I'm assuming it was just a massacre down each hallway. There's 20 to 25 guys just dead all over the place. How do you think Leia found Luke? She followed the bodies. <laughs> this one seems to be cut in half by a lightsaber. This must be Luke's work. Uh, yeah. Uh, Luke's hair back to short again for the yeah. middle panel here, but goes from back to long and the first and fourth panel in this page. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. How do you not have control over that? What do you do? That it is so radically... Uh, uh, it is uh, inconsistent. Well, and it because it, it screams of you're just I'm just drawing and I'm not looking back at it. How long did I draw on the? La I'm not even going to look up at the last panel. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, and this is all on the same page. Back how they made comic books in this day and age. It's not as though there were like individual panels that were then uh, created in a digital layout and set on the page. Like <laughs> you're drawing on a giant piece of paper, you know, right? Like yeah. all you have to, all he has to do is look up. He's like, Nope, barrel forward. Uh, but yeah, like, he does. He does come out of this. Like I, I did this. I've <laughs> killed many. And he said, he I mean, went totally berserk. Yeah. Like, he was fighting people. in a trance. Much like a certain beloved Canadian mutant. <laughs> Look, Luke Skywalker uh, ain't exactly the best at what he does, but he gets the job done. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, literally, he's going, "Where am I? What is this? All I did was all this guy did was wake up, not know what he, what was going on, and then killed." I do love that, like you said, on his on this page, his lightsaber has changed color again, but now it is red, which yeah. to me signifies he just butchered a lot of people. Absolutely, man. That's a bleeding kyber crystal right there, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the big news here is that Leia, Darth Vader, is alive. In fact, next summer, he might be coming to a theater near you. <laughs> It might as well say that. Uh, really Leia catches up Luke on some of the things. Off panel, apparently she went and found 3PO and R2, who oh, we remember last it. issue got loose in the station. That's one of my favorite things on this, too, that you do not see that. It's just like, yeah, I rescued <laughs> these two idiots, too. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. We don't need a whole page of Leia tracking down R2 oh, and 3PO. Well, no, we don't, but uh, I would say, like, in place of maybe two pages of recap, we could have seen a little bit of her at least finding them. That's fair. Uh, no, I, I think we, I think it's mentioned in those recap pages that she's heading to the same casino they were going to. Yeah, Because yeah, that yeah. was their original set rendezvous point. Let's turn the page and find out what Darth Vader is up to, because uh, this is... this. What this planet he's on is so psychedelic 70s. Look, first off, like father, like son, we leave last page with Luke surrounded by bodies. We enter <laughs> this page with Vader hip deep in bodies and holding a guy. The Vader image is cool, classic Vader. I'm more baffled by once again the setting we're looking at here. <laughs> what the the mid-system planet ultar is thick cloying heavy with overripe scent of giant blossoms grown here for the harvest so this is the hippie planet where they grow their big flowers absolutely and vader has fucked it up man <laughs> look if there's one thing vader can't stand it's hippies yeah goddamn hippies <laughs> ruining this galaxy <laughs> Get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, think about it. He is, he's basically just an angry 70s father. Look, Vader didn't fight in Korea so that these kids could go around freeloading all day, smoking their weed and listening to their Led Zeppelin. You think I won the Clone Wars for this shit? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of good clones lost their lives, pal. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he's questioning. This guy's dead, right? Oh, yeah, no, he's holding a corpse on this page. He is butchering his way through this rebel cell so that he can find something. One of the stormtroopers is like, over here, we found one that's barely alive. I, lo- I love one who will pull through, meaning he's mostly dead, but we think he's got a chance. And so on this next page, we have Vader questioning him, uh, being like, what the hell happened here? And we get a, a drop here of just like, well, no, it wasn't anyone who fucked us up. It was one guy, a cyborg named Valance. Oh, not just a cyborg. He's a Borg. Well, that's a whole other mess of problems, Vader. I know a lot about the Borg. Mm. I gotta say, you gotta watch out. <laughs> okay, there's there there's the fantasy fight for you. Yeah. Uh, Borg Cube versus Darth Vader. Who wins? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, because it's an interesting... Okay, <laughs> it's an interesting debate. <laughs> You're bringing magic into it, so you've got to figure out, are force powers enough to curtail the effects of attempted assimilation? I guess... one fight off the Borg implants with the power of the force? But since he is already more machine now than man, has he made the Borg's job easier? If anything, the Borg... Well, that's a good point, too. Or do the Borg recognize him as an even superior version to what they are? And end, mm. and ends up, Vader ends up Borg King. Oh, that actually hey this. That actually is what kind of the fantasy. Vader with an army of Borg. Even nerdier, deeper questions. So we know the Borg can like change their shield variants to like overcome phaser fire at a certain point. Yeah. Can, can it st- stop a lightsaber? Oh, that's a good question. Because it's, of course, no bladed weapon, but you're getting into weird, because that's why Worf can obviously handle a lot more Borg than everybody else. But um, but yeah, that's a good question. I think so, because it's an energy, right? I mean, it's an so I would think they'd be able to calibrate. And that I don't know. That's Vader might be fucked. Uh- <laughs> but obviously Borg slow, and all they've got is their, like, uh, either lunging at you and grabbing you, or, like, they've got blaster arms. Uh, phaser arms, whatever. Right, and and Vader would be. Oh man, it would be tough, man. It would be really it's tough. It's a close. Yeah, and I, again, I'm assuming an entire Borg cube is yeah. required to take on Vader because Vader <laughs> against like one Borg drone, no contest. Uh, pretty much one Borg drone is not. You know, that's not really the threat, right? Like mm-hmm. anybody can take out one Borg drone. It's sort of like the zombies <laughs> mass idea of it. But yeah, Vader versus a Borg cube. I don't know, man. That would be real tough. Um, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. That's a, right if in. you mind trick one Borg, does that mind trick all Borg? Ooh, that's a good one too, right? Because that's where the hive mind might, uh, might ooh. Yeah, man. <laughs> right in, folks. That Leave your comments below. I really would like to hear yeah. your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm sure the guys over at, uh, what is it, Death Battle uh, on oh, YouTube yeah. need to yeah. get on this. Yes, Vader versus the Borg Cube. Please, please. Um, I yeah, actually yeah. think it's the best part of the comic, right? This scene with oh, Vader. Vader interrogating this guy? Yeah, absolutely. And then his whole thing about help ease the pain is like, I'll ease the pain. I'll end it entirely. And he just impales this dude. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty good Vader right here. <laughs> Solid Vader. And it further adds to, I've really missed Vader in this comic. <laughs> really yeah. been lacking for him. Because when he shows up, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I want out of a Star Wars comic. And this cool so, shot when he just turns around and his cape's billowing behind him. He's like, let's get out of here. But we l- get a little bit of setup of things to come here as uh, he learns about Valance, the cyborg bounty hunter who is hunting uh, specifically a boy with two droids. Yeah, so this is the first inkling in canon of Vader learning about Luke. Yes, this is true. Uh, yeah, and, and, and also we're back to Valance who... The book had took a whole issue to introduce, and then he just hasn't shown up again, which I thought is kind of weird. I mean, I think it makes for a good bad guy, because you build up the hype for him, right? We find out he's wiped out a whole rebel cell, and he's just hunting for the same person that Vader's going to be after. 
<laughs> uh, for for insane reasons, as we talked about. But yeah, I do, I do really sure. like Balance. He is a real high point in this comic, in my opinion. I really do enjoy him. And and I mean, it helps that he was drawn by Walt Simonson. But um... yeah, he looks cool, <laughs> fuck man. <laughs> uh, and Vader's line here as as after he's wasted this rebel of interesting I seem to have a rival perhaps even a formidable one ooh like that like that mm-hmm. that's good uh, uh, and then Vader's getting a communication from a a Captain Wormus <laughs> I know <laughs> the names in this comic man the names sometimes Captain. Is this going to be a sniveling Imperial captain? You'd better believe it, because oh. his name is Wormus. Uh, it, it's Captain Wormus Vader. Uh, we've done a, uh, quite a thorough check on those coordinates you gave us. <laughs> oh, my favorite one is his line in the second panel here of like, well, you're the expert on metaphysics, the force and all that, but it sounds a bit vague to be tying up my technicians, dear boy. <laughs> Vader's like, Wormus, I haven't been a boy for some years, and no one has ever rated me as dear. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking mouth. Uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. Um, Uh, But basically, this captain is saying, like, Vader sent them out into the middle of nowhere space because Vader felt somebody... Connecting right. with the force in some way, which right. is like Luke going into his trance, right? Yes, that's that's the whole idea, which is all I, this stuff is all it, it's a little sweaty to get force stuff in here. Uh, but I, I, I like it in concept, but just the idea of a, like there was a trance and that sent out a basically like an energy wave. Right. And Vader sensed it. Again, we're working into the assumption in this era of just like Vader. What we know is that Vader whoever that is, wiped out all the Jedi so that the Empire could take over. That's what Obi-Wan tells us on Tatooine. And so the only Jedi left was Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he got killed in the movie. So now it's just Luke who's trying to learn without a teacher, and so anyone connecting to the Force would be unusual. So Vader being able to sense that. Right, right. Uh, Pretty good. Uh, like I said, I mean, in, in, in general, I, I like that. Um, so, yes. Uh, anyway, that just that, that's our Vader check-in for the week. Uh. Mm-hmm. And we find out that uh, the closest destination they could have gone to from where Vader sent them is the wheel. And so Vader's like, I guess we're going to the wheel. <laughs> I guess it's time to get our party on, boys. I sense something. The plot happening over there. Quickly, to the plot! Yeah, I'm so mad I haven't been involved. Let's get back to the plot, everybody. All right, <laughs> go to the next page and our favorite sensual robot Mastercom. Oh. Okay. Oh, These oh. next two pages are yeah. Mastercom shaking Grayshade to his core, and I am here for it. It is so weird, and it gets to something that's always been weird in Star Wars, which is sort of the, the autonomy of droids, right? So, we get... A lot of this is just recap about, like, what Mastercom has been up to, and the fact that Grayshade is finding out that Leia has escaped... Uh, Grayshade being like, oh, I reassigned all of my guards to do something, so I just left one guy to watch Leia, and she promptly killed him. <laughs> that, in retrospect, that was a mistake. Uh, Again, the running gag that, like, um, as soon as Leia is captured, she has a running theme of getting loose and murdering people. <laughs> absolutely. And then Luke took out half of his force of guards, clearly. Uh... And he's but like Mastercom being like, well, what happened to the droids? And Mastercom saying like, well, I let them go too. Because technically you didn't say I couldn't. Yeah, he's doing a real, well, you didn't tell me I could, but you also did not expressly tell me I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Again, we cannot forget that Mastercom with his techno nipples is the most sensual of robots. <laughs> Mastercom, baby. So... Gray Shade shouting at Mastercom, Technically, my own master computer is devoting himself to rebel droids! And Mastercom at, retorting with, At the risk of impertinence, sir, aren't you doing the same with the prin- with Princess Leia? A rebel leader? Obviously, your actions are connected to the human emotion of love. 
<laughs> While some chord is struck in my own circuitry by the mutual respect and friendship between the rebel droids and their masters. And what? this next page is where Master Com is going to like make Grey Shade question everything he knows about interpersonal relationships. This whole monologue about like, uh, look, I know this may uh, uh, hurt my chances of uh, whatever. You're going to be upset with me, but uh, let me express the feelings I have deep inside. And then, uh, and, and then I love his whole thing. Therefore, if ever I had a human friend. It would like uh, I would like it to be you, Senator Grayshade, and the 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 Grayshade would just be like, um, I never expected him to say that. The 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 Grayshade's uh, subtext here is shooketh. <laughs> and let, naturally, this seems grotesque to you, sir, but surely no more so than your own efforts to further a romance with Princess Leia by eliminating those young men who accompanied her here. And he's just like, Master Khan, uh, <laughs> get out of here. I can't. You're making me confront my emotions. The existential crisis in Grayshade just like, you have to leave now. I, I can't fucking deal with this. I, this is some broke back mountain level of like I can't quit you. You need that like that like gentle guitar music of broke back mountain. Yeah, like, absolutely. I can't even. I can't process this now. And then Commander Strom just being like, "Oh, got some problems, Gracie." <laughs> he's literally he's got a, a martini in his hand and he's literally just popping around the door, going like, mm, "Something bad happening." He is a a sitcom character from Three's Company, being like, "Everything okay in here?" Three's <laughs> Company. I got a couple of girls down from Regal Beagle who want to go on a date with us. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "What? Uh, pregnant? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and, like the whole subtext here is that like." Maybe Grayshade felt the same way and is only being confronted with well, this now. This last panel where he's like up against the chair and he's got his hand on his head, like I, I have to reconsider my whole life. I don't even <laughs> right. know what I'm doing here. And then Strom is just this drunken asshole who's on his fifth martini, going like, "Fight!" <laughs> you know, if you need extra security, all my people are on board. They can help with that. The gray shade's going because uh, he says like, uh, "We'll be happy to you know help you out with my people." And he's like, "No, no, it's just I have a lot on my mind. Like it's too much to think about." <laughs> and then he stares off into the distance, like, "Oh man!" Like we're laughing and making fun, but like the subtext here is really clear, right? It's like really it's, I don't even know if it's subtext. We're I'm laughing because I know. Nothing will come up, you know. I mean, like this book. Oh yeah, of course. You go at this. It's like this book accidentally tiptoes into some depth here, and that's what's funny. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is the same thing that happened with Jolie, right? Captain Crimson Jack, second in command. Keep coming very close to like serious introspective character drama, and then I'm sure much like that. They'll just steer out of it here, going like, no, 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 we can't even specifically like sexual and gender issues yeah. like character drama or, and now like species species stuff right like the with the with the robot and the human and the mm-hmm. uh, your property or am i your friend holy shit that's that's some bold stuff yeah no and uh, again that this obviously won't go anywhere it's just fascinating that it the art doubles down on what the text is saying in a way that is like shocking because i don't expect anything out of gray shade but to be a mustache twirling villain right like it's so literally got a mustache to twirl yeah it's a great it's a great twirlable mustache no question about it Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's 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 just so funny it's so weird (laughs) (laughs) so steering away from that briefly uh we get an interlude in which some of the uh really generic hydra goons are taking out stormtroopers on board Storm's oh yeah these guys, are cruiser. these guys are 100% hydra goons or uh gi joe background characters oh yeah 100% gi joe background <laughs> characters too yeah absolutely 
and they're bringing up the strong boxes, so everything is. Uh oh, I do love once again the pose on this stormtrooper getting shot in the back, and somehow even his helmet is like, huh? <laughs> what? Because what's happening? What's happening here is gray shade security guards are invading the lightly secured cruiser of the Imperials to steal back the money that the Imperials stole in order to like frame the rebels. Right. So gray shades, double crossing the double crossers right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the old switcheroo. Right. And so gray shades, men are stealing the money back from the Imperials conveniently located in a bunch of briefcases that these <laughs> Hydra goons are picking up. I yeah. love that they they say strong boxes and then just all of them are carrying briefcases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the strongest of briefcases, though. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, revealed in the last panel here, R2's been taping it the whole time, and the little VCR on his side will eject I, a, uh, a tape. <laughs> the, the idea that, uh, don't worry, R2's getting this all on tape. <laughs> You think he records on the film, or is this a VHS Betamax? What do you think? Real, it's it's those old reel to reels where they <laughs> thread the film through him. You know, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, hold on, Leia. We're not set yet. Oh crap! I got to put a longer tape in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, this really this that really made me laugh. I mean, of course, it's the seventies, but it is any time sure. like stuff. But the use of the word tape is talking about tape is very funny. Yeah. Yeah. They could have easily just said uh, R2 is recording all of this. Yeah, but it's like, no, no, don't worry. He's, he's recording it all to tape. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll dupe it later and distribute copies to everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thankfully, I've got one of those double VCRs to make it real easy. Mm-hmm. Ah, crap. This has got to be on channel three. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go to the next page and talk about beefcake. Hello. Yeah, okay. Here's something. Uh, the Great Gazoo is uh, misting Han Solo on this I page. I was, I'm very happy he got more work after the Flintstones. <laughs> He's a very talented actor. I think he got uh, typecast. Yeah, yeah. So having him play the bad guy here is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Does that feel better, Dum Dum? Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the guards from the gladiatorial arena because lest we forget, Han Solo's been thrown into the gladiator ring oh. to try to buy back his freedom. I just haven't seen him in many, many pages. Uh. Right. Uh, but here we are, him getting sprayed down with a narco mist uh, of many droids cool. spraying. It's like, yeah. That's a little weird. Uh, is that FDA approved? No, on the wheel, I don't think so. <laughs> no, man, this is this is the kind of place you go to for like the experimental shit, right? It's like, uh, yeah, man, we can get you for some stuff. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> well, because it's saying that this like mist spray is healing his broken ribs. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he, he goes, he goes uh, uh, healing mist. Uh, you won't even notice those broken ribs. So, right, that's implying that the ribs are still broken. You just won't know. Uh, that's right? true, yeah. So <laughs> You'll barely notice those broken ribs. We're not healing them. We're just numbing the pain for you to keep fighting to the death. <laughs> uh, and Han Solo being like, you know, I could just call it quits here. And the great Gazoo, I, I keep saying that. He's just one of the goons, but his face has got a weird helmet, so his head's green. He's got. He green. looks like the great Gazoo, though. He looks a lot like the great Gazoo. You can't, uh, you can't get away from that. I'm sorry, Star Wars. That's the great kazoo. And Warner Brothers is suing. <laughs> uh, but he is telling Han, like, look, you could pull out now, but if you do, you're not going to be able to get the Falcon back. You're not going to be able to get your droids. And we are just going to hand you over to the Imperials. I love that Han Solo is stymied by red tape. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, it goes like, well, what, what are we talking about? Well, okay. You've paid enough for this, right? You're, you're clear. Your fines are clear, but... Well, parking fees, that's going to be trouble. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Remember those droids you pawned? Like, yeah, those aren't coming back. <laughs> so sure, because I, I just love his whole thing about like, well, we don't want to make anybody fight to the death against their will, but let's just put, you know, let, let's state things as they are. Okay, so you can quit. Sure, sure, you can quit. However, I just love <laughs> And then Han's like, all right, I guess I'll fight to the death. And then... It it took a while, but we finally got to where we all assumed this was going. 
Han Solo. Yep, we get to the last page here. Han's got this little, like, orb thing in his hand. He's got a little blaster, and he is just crapped out into a zero-G space arena where he's in the final round of the big game. And wouldn't you know it, who else ended up here but our big furry friend Chewbacca. Chewbacca, who's currently doing battle with some slee stacks uh, here. <laughs> Oh, Land of the Lost references will always get me. They figured they would for the Land of the Lost. That's as much as they'll let me sing. Sid and Marty Croft yeah. will come over here first uh, beat me. Um, yeah, so Han's so, like, oh no, Chewie's there. And Chewie's not happy either because he's working here. I can understand why he's not happy because something has gone terribly wrong with his foot. Look at his foot in the last panel here. What is going on there, John? Well, so the the foot, it's weird because it's like the foot is is straight up and down up to a point. And it just, like the second half of the foot and the toes, it starts to turn. It takes a, a real sharp turn there. But his big toe is enormously yeah. long compared to his other ones for some reason. And broken based on the toe. <laughs> <laughs> or something, yeah. Um, oh, it's so weird. God. I would like to point out that he is currently firing his gun too. I only point this out because it will become relevant next issue. So remember that in this panel here, he is firing his gun at these okay. slit stacks. Okay, okay. And it promises next issue to the last gladiator. Yeah, because look, now we're in the final round of the big game. Han Solo and Chewbacca are going to fight to death, and two may enter, but only one may leave. It's just going to be so much like when Spartacus has to fight Woody Strode and Kubrick Spartacus. It's just going to be heartbreaking. It, it, basically that, except in space and against Slee Stacks as well. And, and probably not as good as a Kubrick movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying that uh, the 1970s Star Wars adaptation comic book isn't as good as a Stanley Kubrick movie? <laughs> One of the great American filmmakers. Yeah, no, probably not. Probably not. Uh... <laughs> but we'll have to. Ju we'll just have to wait till next week to find out. Yeah, because that is the last page of the issue. Uh, we're more than halfway through this arc. You say this arc is never going to end. Again, I've read ahead a little bit. Rest assured, John, we are narrowing in on the end of our arc time here on the wheel. <laughs> it feels like we've been here forever. Well, thanks to podcast time travel, that certainly hasn't helped. Um, <laughs> it's just like... We're people you're, you're hearing these week to week. We are not necessarily recording them as consistently. <laughs> Recording them as consistently, and sometimes we're doubling up on them, and so the the pacing of this book ebbs and flows a lot. <laughs> exactly, uh, but yeah, we are we are deep now into this issue. I am sure Chewbacca and Han will make it out of this one just okay. Uh, remember, there is a movie starring them coming out uh, in less than a year from this <laughs> yeah, I issue. Feel like it might be okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, of course, if you want more great content from us uh, and, and all the shows here at Punch-Up Entertainment, you can go over to our patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punch-up and get cool exclusive bonus content as well as help support the shows. Absolutely. You can find all sorts of bonus content, which includes uh, commentaries from our boys over at the Action Shelf, uh, John Campbell, who's right here, and Michael Lisman. You can find, uh, what is the, the miniseries you just did for the, the Monsters show? Uh, the Night's Talking, where you're covering the... Yeah, if you, if you want more uh, bizarre 70s pop culture content, you can hear myself and uh, meet the Monsters co-host Brendan Jones going through the entirety of Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, of course, uh, the best way to support us if you're watching us over on YouTube is to uh, like, comment, subscribe. Let us know who would win in a fight between a Borg Cube and Darth Vader. I honestly, I think there's a lot of toss-ups there. I think that I think that is, oftentimes I get bored by those, like, who would win in a fight nerd debates. But I think that one has a lot of interesting elements to it. So I would love to hear people's thoughts. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, uh, next week we'll be covering issue number 22. Um, and who knows who's going to make it out of this one live. I don't but, know. I'm uh, worried about all my star warriors. <laughs> uh, I think our, our star hopper, is that the other phrase that they keep trying hopper, to yeah, throw? Yeah. I think Han is a star hopper. Every, they're all star yeah. warriors, but Han specifically is a star hopper as well. 
<laughs> well, we'll see if he can make it out alive of this one. But until then, uh, I have been Mike Ergoni. I'm John Campbell. And may the panel be with you. Thank <laughs> you.